Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Bukowski. Thanks for being here, ladies and gents. Today's guest is another incredible one. Dr. Anna Mahalsia joins me today. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She owns an integrative health clinic in Oregon with a focus ultimately on anti-aging and the reversal of all disease. She is an award-winning author of the book Light Medicine, which is really my first um, dive into her world and her belief system. She's actually become a world-renowned cancer doctor, decided to stop using conventional medicine to pursue some alternative uh, therapies and approaches. And she's had incredible success. I've had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Anna, uh, both on the podcast and uh, off the podcast, and she's just truly a light. She's truly someone who wants to help, and ultimately uh, she's doing everything she can. And she uses ultimately the, the patient's desires as well as their goals and their current circumstance to make effective decisions, integrating whatever health modalities, whatever biohacking modalities she seems to think fit. And she taught, we talk about things like how to incorporate light and sound healing. Um, we talk about why heavy metal detox may be crucial uh, as far as aging and inflammation. We talk about tips on seeking uh, specific functional medicine and naturopathic doctors uh, we talk about the importance of prioritizing organic food, clean water, and natural environments. You guys know this stuff's right up my alley. How to take responsibility ultimately for your well-being, for your spiritual well-being, uh, and how that can ultimately lead to positive change in your life. So many of us are disconnected from our from our brain, from our soul. We end up living in our head rather than in our body. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Natural Stacks, two of my favorite products, things I've actually used for, it's got to be coming up on 10 years now. You know, for a long time, when I first read the book, um, The Edge Effect by Eric Braverman, he speaks a lot about neurotransmitter dominance. And if you're someone who has a hard time getting motivated or someone who has a hard time calming down or someone who has a hard time focusing, these are the products that you're going to want to consider. So Natural Stacks, two favorite products of mine are dopamine brain food, which ultimately is supporting your brain's natural dopamine levels with naturally occurring supplements like phenylalanine and tyrosine and vitamin B6 and, and uh, vitamin C and a few other methylators, uh, methyl complex. These things directly support the brain's ability to produce dopamine, which is our brain's motivation or pursuit neurotransmitter. Another favorite product of mine, which is something I continue to use on a regular basis, is acetylcholine brain food. Acetylcholine, if you don't know, is think of it like your, your, like your speed in your brain, the brain's ability to process um, you know, I think of it as my ability to focus, my ability to think clearly. And so acetylcholine brain food has um, uh, some alpha-GPC in there. We've got some very important cofactors and coenzymes like B1 and B5, and is a really naturally and safe way to boost your brain. There's a bunch of other incredible ingredients and I highly suggest you check out. You guys can pick up Natural Stacks at naturalstacks.com slash muscle. Or just head over to naturalstacks.com and use the code MUSCLE15 to get 15% off your order at checkout. Um, so many great products I've literally been using for years. I love these products because so many of the nootropics out there are what I call kitchen sink products that throw a bunch of ingredients in there. They're trying to improve dopamine. They're trying to improve silicone. They're trying to improve serotonin. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. The beautiful thing about these products is... I can pick and choose my dosages. So if I want to have a little bit more motivation today before I train or I feel my motivation is low, well, I could take an increased dose of the dopamine brain food. If I feel like I'm lacking focus or the ability to be clear in my thought, then I could take a little bit of extra acetylcholine brain food. They've also got a GABA, which is more of a calming. They've got a serotonin, which is a kind of a feel-good neurotransmitter. They've got so many other incredible products. Again, head over to naturalstatics at naturalstatics.com slash muscle. Or just head over to naturalstacks.com and use the code MUSCLE15 to get 15% off your order at checkout. One more special shout out from Muscle Intelligence. Yes, yours truly. We are back with a Muscle Camp. Last Muscle Camp sold out in about 24 hours. We are also launching our certification, which is coming out in the fall for coaches alone. But this one is for anyone who ultimately wants to optimize how you move. You guys know I'm a huge advocate of physical capability. If you're someone who wants to live long, be strong, and ultimately build the greatest amount of muscle in the shortest amount of time, I promise you nothing short of a life-changing experience that ultimately will allow you to build every muscle. There's no much, no more such thing as weak muscles or weak body parts or underdeveloped muscles or even limitations in your ability to build muscle. We're going to do our best to teach you how to unlock those. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into 
unlocking unlimited muscle growth. I know that's a big claim, and clearly uh, there's limitations to everyone's muscle growth, but at the end of the day, we're going to help you uh, move forward and take the next steps in building as much muscle as you like. Teach you how to do it so you can feel empowered now and for the rest of your life. You can find that at muscleintelligence.com slash camps. The dates there are September 22nd through the 24th. And this is, again, just outside of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, at my friend's Pure Muscle and Fitness. Ladies and gents, enjoy the podcast with Dr. Anna Maria Mahalsiak. I think we have, we both have a passion for, you tell me, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but so, somewhere between health and healing is, is like this bridge that, or this this gap that I'm trying to bridge. It's like, you know, there's, there's people out there who obviously need some time and attention to heal. But for me, it's just really like implementing basic health practices and as you said in your book, it's like you you pursue the typical allopathic path so much and realize there's something missing, right? You realize there's there's more than just the the biology. There's more than just the biochemistry, right? And that's really where I wanted to kind of kind of dive into from both sides, right? And I'd love to start with your story. We're recording, so you can just kind of go. And I'd love to start with your story because it's so fascinating how you kind of were sent down this path of wanting to cure cancer, which is a very bold dream for such a young girl yes that was a long time ago my god <laughs> and uh i i just got exposed to the uh illness pretty early in life you know and uh lost someone that i uh very much admired and then you know i had this amazing privilege my mother was a phenomenal doctor and i basically grew up in her office and you know, from very early on, because she didn't necessarily always have childcare or anything like that, I, you know, would, would go on with her on house visits. She would teach me how to, you know, bandage legs and things like that. And and um, so I, I was just kind of groomed in that mindset. But then seeing so many people who uh, were affected by cancer, that definitely piqued my interest and my ambition to do something about that. I always had this sense about my life that I was going to do something that was going to change medicine, that was going to really, you know, evolve healing. And I didn't know what that would be like. And so, you know, I went to medical school, but it never satisfied my hunger to, to understand, you know, why do people get sick? How does our mind affect who we are? And what are we doing here? Because it's it's sort of, you know, the entire question of the spiritual journey. Who are we? Why are we here? Why are we suffering? If, if I was just born and this is my first time around, uh, you know, why do I have per certain propensities? And so uh, the journey of understanding that uh, has led me down many different pathways and roads and international travel and sort of, so I endeavored to educate my mind in these different areas. What basically happened was, uh, so during medical school, I then started a PhD in pathology because I wanted to go into cancer research. But then I also wanted to know more about healing. And what had happened was I had visited my brother, I think I was in my teens, and um, got a reading from a psychic. And she knew so much about my life. I was like, how the heck did she know all of that? And at some point, you know, I had many different sort of opportunities to go study. You know, I'd been in China, I'd studied acupuncture, I'd been in South Africa and studied some healing work there. And then I just met Tenzin Chodrak and I was contemplating of going to Dharamsala in India. And, uh, but then I said, you know, what about that psychic? And so I... <laughs> I, I found this lady and I asked, I said, you know, can I come to America and study with you? And so I did. And that led me to other healers and a whole different, you know, world in which people were endeavoring to heal themselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally. They understood that certain traumas were affecting them. So it was just a very, you know, broad education. And as you know, you know, sometimes in life, you just you move forward and here's a door and you move through it. And then, you know, your knowledge expands and you get to ask bigger questions. So uh, this is sort of, you know, the, the early, early background and finished my residency in internal medicine and then became a geriatrician. 
And I was content with that because eventually I found the School of Enlightenment and I found an academy where I really was trained in mind, mind and in disciplines of the mind. And it took a long time, you know. And so I kind of, you know, I was doing my job and, and my work in medicine. But then all of my vacation time I spent, you know, at the school. And a lot of people attack me these days because, you know, they say, oh, I'm part of, you know, Rondo School of Enlightenment. It's like, okay, People, we are in a spiritual war, and Rantha has been warning about what's been going on for 40 years, you know, and has prophesied, you know, who is enslaving the earth. And, and he said 30 years ago, never take a government vaccine, you know, never take the chip. And he said, you know, viruses are created so that uh, vaccines can be administered. And so that completely, you know, opened... You're saying this 30 years ago, you're saying... Over 30 years ago, and this is documented in, in, in the prophecies. And so so when people are telling me I'm a CIA agent because I belong to the school, I'm just like, oh, my God, people so, do homework. Let, I don't want to assume that anyone knows anything about what Ramtha School of Enlightenment is or who Ramtha is. Yeah. I know what it is because I read your book. But prior to that, I, I would have no idea. And I think as soon as people start hearing you know, these claims of prophecies and, and seeing the future... Their, the alarm bells go off and they go, hold on, I'm in the air, hold on, what's, what's happening here? So I'd love for you to to explain what that is and then why um, these why we should take that seriously. The idea is basically, you know, we're divine spiritual beings and that we, uh, everybody has abilities of knowing and of healing. And, you know, this is one school that has allowed me to train in certain ways and understanding how to create reality. And so this is, I don't really care for people to take it seriously. I explained in my book that the basis of a new model of medicine is really the integration of science and spirit. And how would we do that? And in science, the closest that it takes us to a, a spiritual model, it would be quantum physics that Perfect. says, you know, observation on the quantum field creates personal reality. They they say, hey, the physicists say this is just, you know, part of, of uh, you know, experiments and it doesn't apply to humans. But there are some enlightened experiments, uh, uh, physicists who really say, hey, consciousness is primary. You know, we live in a holographic universe and that that is what creates material reality. So if you're talking about health and healing, it would mean uh, in a model of light medicine uh, that it incorporates this idea of, okay, we are spiritual beings. What we think, what we feel is actually creating reality. Well, it creates reality in your own body. Mm -hmm. And then what, what type, uh, what kind of, of science could explain that? So biophysics says, you know, we're a biophotonic light field, and this can be either harmonious, which means coherent light field, or incoherent, which is an inharmonious light field. And literally, it is the photonic light that is in charge of biochemical reactions. So, for example, science knows that if your retina gets hit by one photon, that can set off a cascade of 100,000 chemical reactions. So the idea is... If you are, for example, depressed or anxious or resentful, then that causes an inharmony in your body. That seems pretty logical. In, for example, molecular biology, they looked at telomere length, and that some telomeres are capping structures on the chromosomes, and they're related to to aging. So the shorter your telomeres, the faster you're, you're aging. And you can also lengthen these telomeres, meaning you have an age reversal process that you can uh, uh, use in the body if you're endeavoring to heal it. And so again, it's been shown that these negative emotions actually shorten lifespan by reducing telomere length. So it's just about that connection of understanding how do we get to a new medical paradigm that doesn't look at humans as robots, which is what, you know, now this whole transhumanist movement is trying to make us into, but into something that we truly are, which is, you know, that, that the healing part is of our mind. Yes, we need to support our body as well. 
Uh, and and so how do you understand that? And it is one way of understanding that. You know, many people have different different viewpoints. They they come from other spiritual traditions. This just happened to have been mine, and I tried to explain in my book how did I get to my conclusions. Yeah, and you did a wonderful job. Your book is fantastic. I recommend it to so many people. I'd love for you to just explain for a second a little bit more about biophysics. And I'll, I'll tell you, I interview a lot of great people on this podcast, and, and it's always people who are, I think, the, the people who are at the cutting edge, the smartest people in medicine, who are starting to realize that biophysics is the path to healing, right? So, you know, it starts with biology, and then people are looking at biochemistry, and then the people who are really at the tip of the spear are the ones who are going, you know what, it's, there's something beyond that, and they're looking at biophysics, which is why I was so interested to have you on, to have you kind of explain in the way you did so eloquently in your book, like, what is biophysics? What is light medicine? And how do we start ultimately implementing best practices of light medicine and biophysics? So the idea of, of again, biophysics is saying that all things are made of this principle of light, okay? And that you know, is, is that a theory or have we proven that? Well, so if you think about subatomic particles, and then if you if you even go further uh, in the quantum field, you have all potentials available to you, right? Yep. How does how does a potential manifest into material reality? It is via observation, mm-hmm. and so so in biophysics, it is looking at the uh, the mechanism of of biological function that is modulated by photonic light and it's not just that it's also phonons so photons are subatomic particles of light and phonons are subatomic particles of sound and we are this harmony this conglomerate of light and sound and in fact, there is a researcher by the name of Dr. Peter Gurayev, who unfortunately is deceased, but last year was nominated for the Nobel Prize of Medicine for his linguistic gene wave model. Well, what did he say? He said that our DNA is a light and sound hologram that actually can be captured, and he did experiments with this, for example, he looked at the uh, the DNA of a one species of a frog, and he captured this hologram of light and sound via laser, and he transferred that hologram to another species of a frog that changed its development to the original genetic sequence that was transmitted. He did this in humans and used it for healing. And what he did was, for example, in a child who had uh, trisomy, um, which is uh, Down syndrome. So they were developing, this child was developing with the abnormalities, neurological deficits, inability to to walk, developmental delay. And this child had a sibling who was healthy and so they had enough of a match of, of the genetic sequence, and so they they captured the light and sound DNA sequence or the quantum signature of the the sibling and played it to the child, and the child started developing normal. Same thing happened in cystic fibrosis. So the idea is that that the information of who we are is not just physical, but it exists in uh, subatomic realms and it can be encoded in the spin states of photonic light. And so uh, this is important in the sense of even what we're seeing now is that people always think, you know, in order to genetically modify something, you have to splice and dice and do CRISPR gene editing. No, we have optogenetics. We have magnetobiology. You can apply magnetic fields, light fields, sound fields, and and uh, and our DNA will modify and evolve. And so I think that that this the the idea of my concepts of of light medicine, where I said, look, if we look at us. Uh, from a perspective where co- a coherent light field and that all diseases 
we know in principles of aging are related to mitochondrial dysfunction, meaning the powerhouse of the cells is decreasing. And then, you know, there's an inflammatory process that happens and an entire cascade of, of gene uh, expression that is related to senescence or aging. Well, so what we can do is if we look at it from this light perspective is we can increase the coherence and the amount of light in the system, and that will actually downregulate disease-producing genes and upregulate uh, health-promoting genes. So you can use for healing light therapy in different frequencies, like I described in my book, The Blue Room uh, with Ultraviolet Blue Light. And then other things like sound frequency, we know about healing frequency, 111 hertz, 432 hertz, all of these these frequencies can also be used for, for healing, and they have different genetic expressions uh, that they are addressing. And so then uh, we can use this in conjunction, for example, with supplements. Well, now we look at supplements, and what I said is, what I looked at was that if all molecules are electron donors or they give off electricity and an electron, if it, if it jumps orbitals, it actually gives off photonic light. You can say, hey, anything that gives off electricity is also a light donor. And so what I looked at is at the spectral emission frequency of different molecules like curcumin, like methylene blue, and saw, okay, if they are a very high electron donor, they have tremendous capacity of healing, not just from the molecular perspective, because what I'm saying is that a lot of research is being done and says, hey, curcumin is maybe affecting blood sugar or, or it's affecting this other thing. But really, then you have a thousand studies and it does all of these different things. But if you had an overarching viewpoint that looks at it more, it's like, what is the capacity of this molecule to give electricity or light to a biophotonic light system? And if it is high, for example, like methylene blue, which is a direct electron donor, then its healing capacity is also high. And so then you increase the light, you increase the electricity, that increases oxygen delivery, and you create health. And so it's a complete system uh, that, that you can look at every level of material reality, be that on the subquantum, be that on the atomic, molecular, protein structures, until you get to gross, gross physical matter. So that's how it, I, would, I would explain it. That's phenomenal. So I think... I think you did an incredible job of explaining that. And I'm, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is, well, how do we start to identify which foods, which environmental uh, influences or triggers are going to have the greatest influence on uh, don donating electrons? Do you get in the book, do you have like a reference guide or is there a way for us to test? Like, how would we know? Because ultimately that sounds like I should be making decisions dietarily and from a lifestyle perspective as far as choosing things that are going to donate electrons. So what is very interesting is there was research about this in the like, I'm not sure if it was in the 60s or 70s, but there's a gentleman, I don't recall his name right now, but that looked at different foods and looked at their uh, electron donor capacity. And for example, celery, which we know, you know, celery juice is huge, you know, green leafy uh, vegetables like kale are very high electron donors. One of the highest electron donors is vitamin C. So in a watery solution, it literally creates an electrical current. And there's research from Austria, for example, that shows that all biomolecules in our body, for example, hormones, are electron donors. So let's say if we take the, uh, the molecule of testosterone, right? A lot of guys are experiencing low testosterone level because of environmental pollution, high estrogen levels. So in Austria, this study looked at putting a progesterone molecule in a solution of ascorbic acid, and it actually uh, gave so much electrons to this progesterone, which was a molecule from an 80-year-old woman, that it started functioning like a 20-year-old again. Hmm. And what I see in my office, you know, I, I use a lot of you know, the guidelines by Linus Pauling, as you know, he got a, Nobel, a couple of Nobel Prizes and he was a huge fan of ascorbic acid and called it the panacea of healing. How would that work? Well, if you're an electron donor and you increase light, wherever, 
you know, th that can heal a lot of things. Plus doing all of the specifics of immune modulation and helping with collagen, for example. So a balanced nutrition in the right dosages that is clean is very important. And the way the, the idea of detox comes into is also from a light perspective. One of the ways that we are polluted uh, is through metals, heavy metals like aluminum, barium. We're getting uh, chemtrail sprays with that, arsenic, lead, which deposits in the bones and its half-life is like 30 years. So what are metals? They have optical properties and they scramble light. They uh, cause incoherence in the biophotonic field and therefore accelerated aging, inflammation, all diseases really because they're also interfering with all of these enzymatic steps, molecular steps, etc. So part of it is also this detoxification, whether it be through EDTA, zeolite, eumigrant fulvic acid, whatever you like to use. Ascorbic acid itself, vitamin C, is a chelator. So it also binds to these metals and you're able to detoxify from them. So these are some approaches. So I like the nutritional approach to just look at very individually what nutrients is someone deficient in for that. You know, I do blood work and I check their nitric oxide. I check their vitamin C level. I check their oxidative stress and then address that specifically. Then I look at things like hormone. Do we need to optimize something there? I use a lot of anti-aging peptides, which I'm a huge fan of. I am appalled by the FDA who has been suppressing the boom of these peptides and now had taken away the ability of a lot of physicians for us to prescribe uh, some of these things. But if you think about that's really the future, we need to get away from big pharma and peptides are molecules that are specific to the body and that can give signals to basically tell the cell, no, okay, we've nutritionally optimized you, we've cleaned you up. Now, age reverse yourself. And there's things, for example, like epithalon that lengthens telomeres. It repairs DNA. It's one of the most profound uh, antioxidants in the body. It's a pineal gland peptide. It regenerates hormones. It can, um, you know, repair the cardiovascular system. For example, in studies, it's been shown that it repairs the left ventricular function, the diastolic pressure in it. So I've had enormous success in helping diabetics, you know, getting people off of blood pressure uh, medications, things like that. So this is just one example, but there's so many, you know, there's, I mean, I love C-Lank, for example, C-Lank. Is a, is a peptide that I think most of humanity needs to be on because it suppresses anxiety, fear, depression, and aggression while enhancing neurogenesis. And it also downregulates neuroinflammation. So it's an awesome molecule to very quickly help people get out of their depressive funk mm. and move into a new part of their brain where they can express a more excited future. So I think that's really important, brain optimization too. That's just the nasal spray, isn't it, so you like? Yeah, pretty much nasal spray. Other things, I mean, I love dihexa. I was one of the mm. first ones who used it in clinical practice, you know. A dihexa is a cream that's uh, 10 million times more potent than brain-derived nerve growth factors. So, uh, you know, if, if you have somebody who's really into neurogenesis and optimizing their brain function and you want to just study new stuff and, and turn on your neurons, Things like that can be very useful. Plus, they can be used for uh, brain fog, cognitive dysfunction, and Alzheimer's and things like that. So I'm a geriatrician. I've used those a lot, very, very successfully. Have you used any mitochondrial peptides that you're excited about? Because it seems like there's this huge number, and it's always kind of hard to determine which ones are most effective. I'm super excited about mitochondrial uh, peptides. Of course, they have been taken, uh, you know, off the market for doctors like me. But, you know, there was uh, humanin, which actually increases longevity and is able to affect mitochondrial function. So whenever you, you affect mitochondria, there's been also an association with extreme uh, longevity. For example, MOT-C was a peptide that was found in a certain culture, Japanese culture, who had extreme longevity, but extremely healthy. They were living like 110, 120 uh, uh, years, and they were still able to function and work, didn't have cognitive decline. 
So these kinds of peptides, I mean, I think that we should be using those for everyone. You know, why give toxic statins or, you know, other stuff that is that that we're, that has more side effects than than benefit, you know, when we have so much to our disposal. But uh, again, I think that that the the old system really needs to just dissolve. Hopefully people uh, people's eyes are opening to to what's happening and and that the future is all about this kind of regenerative medicine. Yeah, and I, in my opinion, I don't think it ever will. I think what's happening is, excuse me, my opinion is we're getting this this divergence, right? There's like a split of the more enlightened and the more kind of spiritually aware and spiritually evolved one half of the population come, becomes. There's probably this also this other side of the population because this always seems to balance, right? My my experience or my opinion says, you know, this end of the population is becoming enlightened and spiritually evolved. And this other one is going to stay in this dark, you know, whatever fear-driven mindset. I hope it isn't the reality, but that's what it seems like. And so, Roth, and I and I preach this to my audience. Instead of just focusing on like trying to change the world, like change yourself, change the people around you, support the people who are on the path, and do your best to bring everyone else along. But you can't get stuck and caught up in all the fear-based media being perpetuated, and, and you know, everywhere in the world. Because you're literally pulling your your energetic signature back into that, you know, low level vibration, and it's hard not to do right. It's hard to not to see all of the pain in the world, and all of the well, we'll say probably intentionally induced fear mongering. But you know, you just have to you have to be really. I say if you're going to be obsessed about anything, be obsessed about what goes into your body and what goes into your mind. Yes, I think though, so, Ben, you know, I'm in a place in my life, I know a lot of people who just, you know, take your approach and they say, hey, you know, I'm just going to take care of my own mind and, and, and my own family. But we are in a crisis situation, I think, in the world. And in my mind, you know, we're the ones who need to save ourselves. And, and, and uh, the apathy that is occurring in much of the population is very dangerous because, you know, there's a very progressive move against our freedoms, you know, WHO, all of the things that, you know, the, the, that's happening. The transhumanists are, are marching. And uh, I am concerned that there hasn't been enough involvement, particularly in the spiritual community, because who better to be able to stand up and speak truth and to to have an effect than those who have a grounding in their spiritual being and who have a different viewpoint than what is now in mainstream, you know, people uh, worshiping Satan and black goo and all of this stuff, which is just degenerative. So one of the reasons why I'm speaking up is not because, you know, I don't have anything better to do, but because I have a, a different perspective, even than many allopathic physicians, even though that I was allopathically trained. And I think that at this time, there's a need for people to uh, to come forward and to share that there are alternatives and to continue to fight for that and stand up and say no to to this uh, technocratic enslavement that we're facing. So I do think that our divine mind is uh, goddess action, you know, what I think, and that that if we're if we're warriors on this path of light, with it, that isn't a, um, I'm just gonna, you know, meditate on nothing kind of thing. It's really right now in this time on planet Earth, we are facing an extinction level threat to to the human species that is being actively modulated to become transhuman, no longer human. So anybody who has spiritual knowledge, I think it's important to also be proactive. Like I, like you said, you know, uh, you start with yourself first because you cannot help or heal anybody if, if you are not fulfilled. But then you, you let your light shine and you speak up. I don't absolutely disagree. I think the challenge that someone like myself experiences is like, uh, you know, there, there's probably a lot of levels to what I'm what I'm trying to articulate here, but it, it's when I, I don't feel like I know the path, right? So like, it feels like you're further along in the understanding of the next level of like, what, what does the path look like <laughs> as far as like a way of living, a way of being, a way of influencing other people. And there's probably a large number of people who kind of sit where I sit, who are 
are very spiritually aware, who have a spiritual practice, but really don't know the the ins and outs, right? We don't know like the, you know, you've studied under spiritual healers and, and people who are passing on the messages and I, I don't do that, right? That's not my space. So how, how, would, how would you suggest that someone like myself in the audience listening um, engage? Because what I don't want to get into is a pissing match on social media with a bunch of people who have no opinions but the keyboard warriors, right? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to engage in this kind of stuff. So like, I want to engage in high-level intellectual conversations, high-level spiritual conversations without getting sucked into you know the, the constant trolling that inevitably happens when you post something that's controversial to some people. And it's only controversial because they, they're ignorant and I wouldn't, I don't fault anybody. I'm like, you just don't know, but it's still going to cause these, these enormous amounts of uh, ripples. So how would you suggest we, we approach that? So first of all, you, you are the path. The fact that you, for example, having this conversation with me today and people are going to listen to this and they're going to be inspired. That's your contribution to increasing the light in the world. And so it's not about me doing or you doing something that isn't you you be you and you teach whatever you know and just what we said at the beginning of of uh, when we started it's like you know one door leads to the next because as you continue to explore and learn and have experiences your mind broadens to new vistas in regards to the idea or the challenge of being attacked i'm being attacked all the time I mean, and and it it's like, you know, the arrows just kind of keep going. Totally. It, I mean, it's it's irrelevant. <laughs> so we are in in an event. It's about why am I speaking? Right. The reason why I'm speaking is that right now we are in a mass casualty depopulation event. Millions may die. Yep. And. So what I am endeavoring to do is have an impact on potentially those who are waking up and who uh, and to contribute to some form of an ongoingness of the human species. And there is nobody who's telling me what's the plan or where are we going. It's like I research every day and the doors open. And my knowledge base uh, is is expanding, and I endeavor to share it with the world. It's extremely controversial the stuff oh. I talk about. I talk about nanotechnology and all this kind of stuff, and and yet there are people who are grateful for my input. And it's not about picking a fight, uh, you know, with those who disagree, uh, but to stay in in my space of compassion and love for humanity and say. It's like, look, for example, in, in regards to detoxing from these shots, we need to take other considerations uh, that come, for example, look at metal detoxification or, or nanotech uh, detox and to be able to help people. That's a place of love. Yeah. You know, and you can attack me all you want. You cannot, uh, you know, rock me of my center of of love and endeavoring to help and bring healing to people. Whether and and those who want it, they can benefit from it. Those who don't want it, go away. That's fine. Yeah. So I I was a professional bodybuilder prior to what I do now. If you knew that, and I made obviously made my stage, earning my living on stage in my underwear. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of trolls, and what I noticed was that. Often your greatest adversary becomes your greatest advocate if they're met with curiosity and a welcoming attitude. So when someone comes to me and they're attacking me, I'll never respond back. I'll never, I'll never be negative. I'll never, you know, uh, say anything derogatory. I'll just receive it and say, hey, you know what? If you ever need any support, let me know. And I found so often that that would really just diffuse the situation. And within a short amount of time, many people would then come and go, you know what? He's not such a bad person. Like, I actually may want to support him. I may want to work together with him. And it often happened that people who were just like trying to crush me would become great friends or great advocates because they realized that, okay, I don't think I know everything. I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else. We're all, I always say we're all just souls on a journey. We've chosen to be here. We're all here together. And if I can support you on your journey, consider it done. And as soon as you put that type of energy out, at least in my experience so far, 
it's been a great response. Yes, and you know, for everyone has their own uh, priorities. For me, I'm extremely busy. I have a medical practice. I'm trying to, you know, write my Substack. I, you know, I wrote a book while I was, you know, doing all of these things, and and now there's so much uh, research to do, and it's it's also depending on how much time do I have to put my mind on yeah. something. Would I want to put my mind on, you know, 10 negative feedbacks or, you know, 30,000 people read my Substack yesterday? Yeah. And, you know, so I, I it, there's certain things that I just delete. They just go straight to my junk box. I don't even... So I I, I'm a subscriber to your Substack, by the way, and I send it to so many people. So anyone listening, I highly suggest you get on Dr. Anna's uh, Substack. It's It's... You know, certainly a lot of controversial stuff, but I love the fact that it's all backed and validated. And uh, again, it just feels like we're keeping on the cutting edge with what's going on. Super grateful for that. So, a few more questions. You talk about torsion physics in your books. I have no idea what that is. If you could, if you could let us know what that is. So, torsion physics was uh, there was an astrophysicist in Russia by the name of Kozarev, who he developed, he looked at torsion as the density of time. So any particle that spins, it produces a torsion field. And it turns out that a lot of phenomena that we think are abnormal or spiritual or whatnot can be explained via torsion. So unlike what Einstein said that, you know, the, the, uh, speed of light is the limit. That's not true. Torsion is instant, and it allows information transfer throughout space and time. It affects all forces in nature. So the you know the strong and weak nuclear force, gravity, uh, gravity even time itself. So w- this is really where we get into a different type of a physics that's more related to the ether, as you would call it, or vacuum engineering where the the possibility really of manipulating potentials, it's not even you're manipulating matter, you're manipulating potentials, and that that has a different set of physics. So torsion physics, in my mind, has really explained a lot of the phenomenon that I've experienced in my spiritual practice and at, at the school of, of the great mind, you know, for example, you can explain things like sending and receiving or remote viewing an event that's five days into the future. Our mind is non-local and it, it in no time or in the now, it is able to uh, connect with information and download that and know all things. And so this is really the the type of physics that allows to explain these phenomena. You know, we know about distance at a healing. There are some healers who are on the other side of the world. They focus on somebody and they get better. You know, there have been a lot of experiments uh, around that as well. And so uh, torsion physics is a way to explain that. So we didn't exactly define who Ramtha is and what they do, if you wouldn't mind doing that, because I think that's it's super relevant to our conversation. So Rantha is a is a teacher who uh, teaches at Rantha School, School of Enlightenment. is an ascendant master who is channeling through the Great American Channel of Jay Z Knight. And a lot of people roll their eyes. And all I have to say to that is this channel was studied by some of the greatest scientists and was hooked up to all kinds of machines that showed that Ramtha speaks while the brainwave activity is in deep delta, which basically means that the body is unconscious mm-hmm. and the heart rate is racing at 180 beats a minute for 12 hours on end, which would put anybody in a cardiac arrest situation. The body temperature drops. The Earth's magnetic field actually has changed. Uh, so all of this was documented in very elaborate studies. So anybody who has questions about it, look at my book. Uh, there's uh, a very, very significant scientific documentation regarding these findings. And it, it allows to understand that in in terms of Ramtha, so he's uh, said to Jay-Z Knight, the channel, you know, I came here to help you over the ditch. And he's been teaching people that they're divine beings. Uh, he says that whatever he teaches is not the truth but that he's going to give us information and give us disciplines of mind 
uh, to experience that what he's saying is the truth. And so it has worked for me. This is why I wrote about it. He specifically talked about light medicine and that that all things de- uh, descend from light and that we are a conglomerate of a diversified neighborhood of light whose harmony is you. And so from that basis of a teaching that I got to spend a few hours with Ramtha, I developed my my ideas about and research about light medicine. And this is how I describe it in the book. Would you be open to sharing some of your current spiritual practices and like how you continue to evolve and connect? I I use Ramtha's you know discipline. So I create my day. There's many different disciplines that people can learn at uh, what's called, called a class 101. And and so you know in the book I talk about that he had many different initiations. He taught us things like blindfolded archery hitting a target with uh, you know focus in mind from 156 feet away. You know uh, finding a card that is. Um, turned uh, on, on the other side with my dream on that. I'm in a field with a thousand people and I find my card because I'm focused on it. I talked about how my life really changed through the discipline of the tank, which is uh, also discipline at the school, which is blindfolded going through a labyrinth and moving to the center of that area. So these are very applicable disciplines that Ramtha, only Ramtha has taught. And it's very important that there's a lot of knowledge out there, uh, you know, of people who took the knowledge of Ramtha, like Joe Dispenza, who was a teacher at Ramtha School of Enlightenment, took everything and claimed that it was his mind. So I'm not like this. This is why I came out straight away. It's like, look, I was trained at Ramtha School of Enlightenment. You know, this is part of my spiritual practice. This is why I understand so much about many things. I've had near-death experiences. I I was trained in a lot of different things, including healing my own body. And that w- that's what gave me a different perspective. Uh, I'm not advocating for Ramtha School of Enlightenment, and Ramtha didn't make me a doctor, you know? So it, it's it's just one part of who I am, and I believe that that not being a deceiver, but being exactly who you are and being transparent about everything, that allows you to stand in the place of power. It's like, I got nothing to hide. You can shoot at me all you want, you know? I, I think that from that place, I love who I am. I love what I've learned. And and this is how I'm able to to be of, of uh, service to the human species in the way that I I feel I can be. I love that. That's wonderful. So as far as like coming, bring this, bringing the conversation to a close and kind of coming full circle, the the interplay between healing and health. So if you were to give, I think you kind of went through, you know, a bit of an order of priorities. But if you were to give the audience some simple action items to start moving in the direction of health, healing their body from you know the level of the biology, the level of biochemistry, the level of biophysics, any specific things that you would advise us to take action on that are almost non-negotiable? Absolutely. So first of all, you know, eat organic, you know, drink clean water. Be aware that bottled water is also contaminated. Our food supply is contaminated, you know. So uh be in a place that is uh, that is conducive to your own healing, out in nature. You know, get out of the cities. You know, out of this whole Wi-Fi thing. Get away from your devices. Your devices are weapons. You know, five G is a weapon, uh, and you can be programmed through your cell phones. So obviously, we need to use certain things, but to be aware of that uh, and to to have as much connection with other people, not just via electronics and technology, but hugging them, loving them, be social again, then have a spiritual practice, whatever that is for you personally. It's your own business, it's your own path, but make sure that that you have something that grounds you, uh, that you're able to de-stress. And then, you know, our food at this point is not nutritionally as valuable as it used to be. So making sure that you're on a good nutritional pro- uh, program with good products that are clean, that are not contaminated by metals. And then, you know, from there, if you can find functional medicine, medicine doctors who are more open-minded or naturopathic doctors who don't want to push, you know, harmful drugs or vaccines on you, that's a really good idea. I do think that we need to come to 
a place of self-responsibility. We cannot be victims and we cannot blame other people. Get away from stuff that you don't like. You know, if people are around you who are negative or enslaving, get away from them. Start a new life. Change. We have to change and become more authentically ourselves, whatever that is. Don't try to be a copy of somebody else. Find out who you are, and only when you are that can you be a light to others. Thank you. I think this podcast is becoming a great resource for people to sift through the noise, because as you know, when it comes to nutrition, there's so much confusion. When it comes to supplementation, there's so much noise. It's you know 90% marketing dollars and 10% useful information, and Helping people sift through that is is really a big part of my mission. It's like how do we how do we get to the bottom of what's best for you right now, based on your specific goals or your specific challenges? And bring on amazing experts like yourself is is a is a huge help to our audience. So, Dr. Anna, thank you so much. Thank you for the book. Um, I give I gifted it to a number of people, and I tell you, I gift your sub your Substack to people as well. Uh, I believe in what you're doing. I think it's wonderful. And, and you know what? One of the things I'll say in closing is. The, real, the thing that really drew me to you is, is, is the fact that you do have a balance of both sides. Because I tend to be skeptical, right? I tend to be the guy who's like, there's just people on the spiritual side. I'm like, I, I totally believe spirituality is uh, a big part of it. But if people only focus on spirituality and they tend to neglect the physical body, I'm like, you can't do that. Like, it's not going to work. So when I find people like yourself who are bridging the gap between like, hey, you need to take care of the physical body to heal the body of this allopathic history and then now integrating the spirituality. I think you are at the tip of the spear and certainly leading this charge. So thank you very much for what you do. Thank you so much for having me. All right, kids, that's a wrap. Hopefully this podcast was incredibly insightful, incredibly valued. If you listened all the way to the end, then I would love it if you could share this podcast with at least one person you know and love that ultimately wants to live their greatest life in a body of love. Maybe someone looking to heal. Maybe someone's looking for some alternative healing methods. Maybe someone's looking to understand a different approach to typical allopathic care. I know Dr. Malasi is still an allopathic physician. She does believe in the benefits of typical medicine. She just realizes that there's also things that can be integrated from outside of typical allopathic medicine. So hopefully you enjoy the show. This is not medical advice. Uh, I do not necessarily advocate the things that Dr. Mahalcia says, but I think it's always a really great conversation to dig into understanding uh, what everyone's opinions are, what everyone's approaches are, so we can expand our knowledge, expand our repertoire, and ultimately be able to do everything we want. Ladies and gents, thanks for being here. Leave us a review, subscribe, and I will see you on the next podcast. Have a great one. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.